This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now, in our sixth season, looking into the exciting happenings of Richard's Town Football Club, my name is Benjamin Bloom and you are tuned into a special emergency episode of the show. So I won't say available each and every week on video and audio. So for a sometimes reverent, always informative hour or more of football conversation, make your Monday a Blue Monday and Joe Fares is here. How are you doing, Joe? Um, I was better before I saw the news that we're here to talk about. So we, I remember we did one. We had to do one of these in um, lockdown, didn't we? Um, about votings and points per games and things. That seems a long, long time ago. So um, we're we're basically here. We had planned not to bring the podcast back until fixtures and pre seasons, but um, this news today feels fairly seismic so um if you are watching on youtube i'm just going to bring up this is the efl statement released today so ipswich town and all league one and two clubs are now going to be under a hard salary cap moving from a turnover related salary cap and i'll preface this entire conversation joe by saying i'm a musician and you work in construction am i right Neither yeah. of us are legal experts or accountants, so we're going to try and um, get our heads around this. So here's the EFL statement here. Clubs in League One and League Two today voted for the introduction of new financial controls in the form of salary caps in their respective decisions. Uh, bloody, bloody, blah, wage inflation. When calculating total salary spending, the cap includes basic wages, taxes, bonuses, image rights, agents' fees, and other fees and expenses paid either directly or indirectly to all registered players. And I suppose the key number I missed off there, Joe, fixed caps of £2.5 million, not per month, not per week, per year for um, League One, and 
for League Two. Um, the second page of the statement goes on about transition arrangements, um, incorporating um, longer contracts and younger players, um, and also to help out relegated teams, etc., etc. So, the headline news, Joe, is that Ipswich's spending is now under a hard £2.5 million salary cap. First of all, give me your reaction. And as a larger-sized League One club, um, has this disadvantaged um, Ipswich as a club? I think my my main reaction is just that it, it seems, in, in some ways, it's bolting the door after the horse has already gone. And in other ways, it's solving a problem that doesn't exist because there is a policy in place where you can only spend up to, I think in League One, it's 60% of your turnover. So that's well, already that's already enforced. There is already a salary cap as such in terms of FFP, yeah? Yeah, so there's difference between, like if you're a relegated club, it's 75%, but generally it's 60% of your salary with exceptions with regards to longer contracts, younger players, as this one has got. So I, I don't understand how it's more sustainable to say every club can spend 2.5 million than it is to say every club can spend 60% of your turnover. It's like if you went down the pub with your mates and some of you earn £4 an hour and others of you are millionaires and you say everyone's only allowed to spend 100 quid. Well, the millionaire spends 100 quid and it doesn't matter. Well, the guy who's on minimum wage can spend 100 quid and he's into his overdraft. And like that. It, it seems this is sort of brought out on the back of the COVID crisis, talking about sustainability. But the only clubs that have gone to the walls, it isn't because they've overspent on wages. Well, it is because they've overspent on wages, but it's because they've overspent on wages in comparison to what their owner's going to put in. Well, this, this doesn't solve that issue. If... Accrington decide to spend 2.5 million on wages well they, they haven't got the money to do so and if the owner who is subsidizing that decides to stop writing the checks then the club is in trouble same as in league two with Salford City with Gary Neville and all the lot running that club they they overspend because they can afford to pay it the 1.5 million in that league still overspends and if they can afford to pay it's fine if they can't the club will be in trouble so it's a uh, so I think it's solves a problem that there's already a better solution in place for and it massively, massively hamstrings the bigger clubs in the league, your Sunderland's, your Portsmouth's, your Ipswich's, teams that get 20,000 fans through the door that do all they can to grow their revenue, that sell more shirts to their fans, that have to look after and manage a bigger stadium to do so, now have no advantage in doing so with regards to spending on the pitch. Um, you said so much interesting stuff there. Um, I want to come back to you on the point about sustainability and I want to try and give you what the EFL's argument would probably be that um, their argument would be everybody spending less money is sustainable, which is a very, very black and white argument that doesn't take in any of the nuances that you just mentioned of club size. But um, what is your response when... We see, I don't know, Reading in the championship spending 200% of, of turnover. Um, would the EFL's argument be, well, um, although from what you've said, it doesn't stop people spending 200% of turnover. Obviously, their turnover is not going to be you know, 1.25 million or whatever it would have to be. But would, would that be their argument that um, 
wages are out of control, et cetera, et cetera, and making everybody spend less is a good thing. Yes, that, that, that would be their argument, but what they've put in place, firstly, the, the league in the EFL that is the absolute car crash financially is the championship, and nothing has been put in place for that. There's talk, talk of an 18 million cap in the um, championship, but that's not going to happen because the Premier League won't allow it. And I know the EFL runs a championship, but the Premier League are not going to say that their feeder league coming into them will only have teams spending 18 million because they have spending flaws in place when you get promoted. They want clubs to be competitive in that league. You don't want the bottom three clubs going up and coming straight back down because the gaps between the divisions are so big. But could you imagine Man United being told they can only spend 50 million on wages in a year because that's what Bournemouth can spend? It's, it's ludicrous how sort of the bottom clubs are pulling the bigger clubs down with them. And it's, and like we're in League One and we deserve to be, but ultimately there's clubs in this league that this is the height of their ambitions and they, they, they want us to be pulled down to their level rather than come up to our level because they can't come up to our level because they just do not have the structure in place or the fan base or the ability for growth to get there. So the EFL split um, is so obvious now, isn't it? Because when we were doing all the stuff on points per game and voting, Everything was framed as, right, we talk about League One and Two today and we talk about the Championship. It almost already is um, is a different thing. And yes, um, you're right, the, the massive car crash is the, is the Championship. Um, I suppose they're going by the logic, it's going to be harder to sort out the Championship, so let's get down to League One and League Two and do it first. Is your position, Joe... Um, you said something, they overspend because they can afford to overspend. Is your position that a club that, A, makes more revenue should be allowed to spend it, and, B, a club that wants to, how shall I word this, gamble sensibly should be allowed to do it? Um, I think sort of the first set of clubs, i.e. those that make more revenue, should hundred percent definitely be able to remember they make more revenue for everybody we've all been on those yeah. away ends where there's been more ipswich fans and more money going through yeah. the bars in the away end than there has in the rest of the stadium combined yeah yeah and like i say they they make more revenue and, and they deserve to be able to spend it otherwise what what sort of what incentive is there to try and get more fans into the ground to try and sell more shirts to try and build things up to try and sell players for big feet. There's, there's no incentive other than that money to then go in the owner's pocket. With regard to those saying they're gambling sensibly, I think that that's probably what's caused the issue, the club's gambling. And maybe that should have been what was looked at. Owners needing to put down bonds to show that when they're giving contracts out, that they will pick up the contract no matter what, rather than being able to walk away and leave them to be somebody else's problem. The issue in the championship is competitive imbalance isn't it the issue is Brentford winning eight of their last games losing an extra time in the playoff final who will then be up against Norwich next season who lost all of their last 10 games and will then receive 10 times literally 10 times more um, broadcast money um, when you were talking about a problem that's not there and the you know horse has already gone but whatever the whatever the saying is, and the horses bolted before the stable doors shut. Um, have they got this the wrong way around? Is this is this a championship issue? And was the 
Um, was, was the League One stuff okay, maybe with just a few tweaks to FFP? Yeah, and I, I think the problem we've got is that in League One this year, and it's, you've got Berry and Bolton who were car crashes and in well, League look out Two Charlton coming, Joe. And you've got Macclesfield in League Two who were. But this is because the owners are stopping paying the money. Not because not because their wage bills are too high. It's because the owners aren't paying the money or they haven't got owners or the clubs have got themselves into such a muddle previously that this wouldn't have stopped. So it's uh I say it, you've just it's just got the it's just all the wrong way around for me. And it now means that these smaller clubs in League One and League Two have, have been able to effectively try and level the playing field with clubs that they don't really have a right to have a level level playing field with. If they if smaller clubs need to get up through the leagues, they do it by good recruitment, good management, good coaching, and you have to be able to beat your rivals who can outspend you by v- virtue of having bigger revenues. It's just it's just how it always has been and how it should always be. It's how it is in any business in the world. Like I say, this isn't the NFL where there's a hard salary cap across 32 teams because there's no relegation. Yeah. This is this is the middle tier of a... And the, the gap between League One and the Championship has grown so much over recent years. Look at the teams that got promoted from League One last year. You've got Barnsley, who would have come down, but for Wigan being sort of demoted or deducted 12 points. Charlton, who came back down. And Luton, who managed to survive by going on an incredible run at the end of the season, coupled with Hull picking up six points in 26 games. So the three teams that went up all struggled and all survived either by an administration error or um, one club just basically who has a ridiculous ownership situation falling down. The teams that had come down previously the year before, Blackburn, Wigan, all three teams bounced straight back up. The gap between League One and the Championship is just getting bigger and bigger. And this is, I don't know, for me, this feels like the final nail in the coffin for the bottom two tiers of the pyramid with regards to a Premier League One and a Premier League Two. And there being no relegation at that point. We'll come to the Premier League One and Two in just a minute. Um, how do you see it working? Because um, we think it's going to be the other way round to FFP in that... Um, FFP is very much backloaded, as in um, the spending takes place, the season finishes, the accounts then come in 12 months after, the EFL then investigates, and the two cases we've had so far have taken seven months and eight months. So you have a situation with a Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship whereby um, a stadium sale going on the wrong year in 1718 is punished in July 2020. Obviously, that's not going to work with a salary cap, but we think this is all going to be done and front-ended rather than back-loaded, yeah? Yeah, I, th- I think that's how the current, the SCMP, that's called the Salary Cost Management Protocol, works in League 1 and League 2, where you put your figures together at the start of the year, you submit them to the league, you then submit your wage bills, you make sure you're staying under it, if you have a good cup run at the mid season, mid part of the season, you submit to say, yeah, we've got another million pounds in the bank on our turnover this year. So we now can bring in more players and, and it is done almost effectively live with somebody at the EFL. And I imagine this will be in that case too. You need to be submitting your wages. It's not, you're not going to get to the end of the season. Say, oh yeah, we've overspent by 5 million quid. So what happens now? It's, I think it's going to be done as, as it goes through the season, but 
because there's things like promotion bonuses which are excluded from it, but any any other bonuses aren't any win bonuses, anything like that isn't. So it's got, so it's a very very difficult line to tread, but it means like I say, effectively it means that no club in this league will have a financial advantage over another one, other than with things like yeah you can spend more on your academy or on your infrastructure, but what's what, where's the incentive to do that on the infrastructure if bringing more people into the ground isn't going to be able to help you on the pitch. Well, and that was already there, wasn't it? The idea of good good FFP money and bad FFP money in respects of that salaries were already bad FFP money and um, good FFP money was already, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, women's football, training ground, um, academy, etc. That That hasn't changed in that regard, has it? It's, um, it's the handcuffs being put on the other side that's been... It's been added. Talk to me about this EFL versus Premier League, um, Premier League Two thing here, because um, if I'm the EFL, my only thing that I can hold on to against the Premier League is the Championship. Is the fact that I had Leeds and Aston Villa, and I've got Forest and um, Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, big clubs, um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Does this now not weaken? their position in that, um, you know, the championship can then, you know, now effectively lobby against the fact, oh, we don't want anything to do with what's going on down there. We're going to vote against it. And frankly, if you were to set up a Premier League too, we'd, we'd all sooner come with you and make the EFL two divisions. Is that what you're, is that what you're fearing? I'd say so. It, it was something that was spoken about. It's, it's something that's been spoken about for a number of years. I think when we were, in the championship and sort of flying relatively high and under McCarthy, we were happy to say, oh, there should be a Premier League too and we'd want to be in it. But now we're the other side of the fence. But ultimately, you're going to end up effectively with 20 teams in the Premier League. Championship, there's going to be about 17, 18 teams. And there's going to be a bottom six of the championship who are just going to yo-yo between the bottom of the championship and the top of League One. And at what at what point does that stop? We've already had a big, a big, big divide between the the championship and the rest of the football league with the fact that the championship finished their fixtures this season where league one and league two didn't this is another divide there we've had talk about regional football below the top two tiers everything is just pulling league one and league two further and further away from the championship and we're on we're on the wrong side of that fence and if that drawbridge does go up we're going to be looking in and as a club totally screwed because the only way we can get out of the financial hole we're in or reach our potential as a club is to find a way to get back into the Premier League at some point. And that's just going to be cut off from us. And where do you suppose the the cutoff would occur? I mean, as I'm thinking about this, the obvious line would be under the parachute payments, wouldn't it? And you're now going to have, you're now going to have Norwich, Bournemouth, Watford is three, Fulham went up, West Brom went up, Stoke, well, I reckon you'd, you'd end up with something like 18 in the Premier League, 18 in the Premier League 2. Th- those sort of levels of teams are 36 clubs. And but do you know what I mean, Joe? We're, we're close enough with... If you have eight teams receiving parachute payments, you essentially have got 28 teams in the pyramid making way, way more money. All you, all you need to do from what you're saying is add another six and you've got, and you've got 34 and you've got... Uh, I don't know, a 16-team Premier League and an 18-team Premier League yeah. too, right? 
it's not, it's not going to be it's not going to be far off those numbers if it does happen. And like I say, I, I I wouldn't want people to underestimate how how big these things that are happening are. How big a decision it was for the championship to continue and League One not to. How big a decision it is for League One and League Two to have salary caps and the championship not. They are they are diverging. This is very much the thin end of the wedge, and they are diverging at rapid speeds. This coronavirus and the pandemic has has sort of accelerated this so much more than any anyone could ever afford this time last year how big the difference between them would get and it's just it's scary as a support of a club on the other side of this because i say we we do all the right things with regards to having a category two academy there's sort of like there's basically like 44 clubs in the country maybe who have category one or category two maybe maybe a couple more there and and they are the clubs that are investing in the future of their in the future of their club, invest in their community in the in the biggest way possible, and but like I say, you, you look past that, and even even when you look at the um, what's coming out about this, it's talking about six, um, senior squad size of twenty two players dropping to twenty, and then anyone under twenty one doesn't count. Well, in the category one and category two academies, compared to category three and category four, there used to be an under twenty one team for your reserve team. That changed from an under 23s team. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee in terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Where Category 3 and 4 still have an under-21s team, so... You can see we are not in. We're we're running ourselves as that sort of Premier League Championship club, but we are a League One, League Two club, and we're just we're just on the wrong side of everything at the moment here. It's it's wrong place, wrong time again, isn't it? I was just quickly jotted down. Just the we spoke a lot about the sheer difference in size in League One between the clubs and the disproportionate number of small teams. You don't really blame AFC Wimbledon or Shrewsbury or, I don't know, pick A and other 
uh, South End who went down. Don't really blame them for voting for this, do you? No, but it's I, I just don't know how the vote managed to get get going ahead. If that makes sense, where where was the driver for this? Where was it being pushed from? Because these these clubs are at the height of their ambitions. Being a League One club who may get a promotion to the championship once in a blue mood, have one or two years there and come back down, is the dream for these clubs. Where there's a lot of clubs in these leagues, let's say League One, League Two, let's say in League Two you've got teams like Bradford, for example, who still get 16,000 fans coming in. Well, they're they're having to have the same restraints on them as Harrogate Town, who have a 4G pitch and play in front of 1,200 fans. And Bolton, it's, one, Bolton Wanderers. Bolton in that league as well. And it's just, it seems it seems crazy that there's no, that there's nothing based on the actual revenue that the club can pull in. It just seems a total backward step when it's in the middle tier of something. Could you imagine in the SPL, Celtic not being able to spend because Inverness, Caledonian, Thistle don't have any money? And it's, it's, it is that. And it, all it means is the bigger clubs are pulled back down to their levels. And if they do get to a more natural level for the club, they then can't compete when they get there because of the restraints that have been placed on them previously. And what does it do for um, the transfer fees? If you take uh, Flynn Downs as an example, the advantage before was if you can sell Flynn Downs for... And I know people get very emotional about these transfer figures, but let's just say anywhere between three million and six million. Yeah, let's pick up. Let's say four and a half million. Ipswich fans will be happy with that. Now, if you sell Flynn Downs for four and a half million, that advantage of that good FFP money coming in, well, okay, you could spend it on another player, but you can't pay him any more money. Um, does that even now possibly reduce transfer fees because? Um, I don't know if I'm if I'm Crystal Palace and I want Flynn Downs. Well, um, even if Ipswich do play hardball, what what are they going to spend the money on? Yeah, so I don't know if it does the opposite. Do you just hold on to players because there's there's no Hopefully. point in, there's there's no point in selling them though, is there? What's the point of selling Downs for four million quid? Because well, there's no advantage to one point five million pounds worth of that's your entire wage yeah. budget. Yeah, well, well, yeah, you get two point five million, don't you? Your wage budget. At the moment, it sounds like because of the existing contracts we've got signed that we've got about 25k a week spare to spend on wages. Well, that's what that's like four or five players at the levels that we're we're paying players. So you, you, you've just got no benefit of of selling anyone, and we're going to be we've got a big problem coming over the hill. Looking at when you look at the makeup of our squad, because you've got 17 players over 22, which it means that you've only got space for five in your senior squad. Admittedly, that includes Aaron Dryden. So really, you've got 16 because he's not seen as part of the first team. But come this time next season, Tristan Nydam, Luke Wolfenden, Flynn Downs, Andre Dazel, Ben Morris, Ben Falami, all will become a senior player. So if I'm not saying they're all going to make an impact, but realistically, you're going to definitely want to keep hold of Downs and Wolfenden. So if you're at 22 players by that point, You've got to lose players to fit them in your squad. If you want to renew, if you want to give Caden Jackson a new contract, well, he currently he's uh, he's earning more than the league average of thirteen hundred pound. If you want to give him a new contract, whatever he's in the books at, if he's earning say three thousand pound at the moment, if you give him a contract of five thousand pound a week, six thousand pound a week, his salary doesn't go from three to six. 
in your calculation, it goes from 1300 to six. So you just lose all that, all, any money you've got spare, any player that gets a new contract, because I th- you'd imagine most of our first team earn over the 1300, any player that gets a new contract is just like, just kills you because you, you lose all of it effectively in there. It's just, it's really, really sort of concerning as to how we manage our squad unless players are prepared to take massive pay cuts, which can't really imagine that they are. Um, I'll just bring up this uh, PFA response for this. Uh, PFA salary cap, um, unlawful and unenforceable, say the PFA, as you'd imagine. Um, uh, an extraordinary general meeting was held on Friday afternoon to put the proposal through. Um, have I got PFA quotes? We are disappointed at the outcome of today's votes. PFA statement read, the EFL has ignored its legal obligation to consult with the PFA and uh, Professional Football Negotiating Consultancy Committee. Um, as such, the legal advice we have, we have received is clear that the salary cap envisaged by the EFL will be unlawful, unenforceable. The PFA has already served its notice of arbitration on the EFL, and until such time that arbitration is determined one way or another, the new regulation should have no effect. Um, is pretty, this, pretty um, punchy statement there, isn't it? Yeah, is is that um, big words? I mean, normally um, we normally joke on the podcast when someone threatens legal action that nothing's going to happen. That seems um, they've, very taken, they've taken legal action. They haven't threatened it there. They've they yeah. said they've already taken it effectively. So I I I think they're right though because it is a restraint of trade. You're effectively telling people we're we're putting something in place which is arbitrary, which means you can't earn more money. Where when it's when it's linked to revenue, I think it's fair enough to say there is this much money to spend in the pot, and it's based on how well your club does effectively. And if your club does well, they can pay you more money. This is saying, and it's not just that; it's the age limits, it's the number of players allowed in a squad. It's just rest, it's restraint of trade on on a lot of people, isn't it? If you think within a couple of years they want to, so only twenty players over twenty one are allowed in a squad. That is well, like 480 pros per division, 960 pros. Well, how many are there currently? You're basically putting, and every 21-year-old, if they don't make the squad, they don't have a career, effectively. You're 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 putting huge restraints of trade in place for people, aren't you? So I don't know. Like I say we're not lawyers. I don't know the regulations. But it, it does seem that there's some real arbitrary, arbitrary sort of provisions being put in place. Where it sounds muddy, though, Joe, is that the EFL's argument is going to be, oh, we just put the notion forward and our member clubs voted for it. So mm. they're going to be able to turn around to the um, to the legal guys from the PFA and say, well, you know, OK, we're, we're the we're the governors of, of this collection of um, 48 teams or whatever the number is in League One and Two. Um, they voted for it. It's not our fault. Potentially, I, yeah, I, it's hard to know. But but does that does that matter? If that makes sense. If, well, it if, doesn't, doesn't make if, doesn't make any mean, difference to whether it's I mean, right if, or wrong. But I can but, see that being their argument. But if the members vote to say we're not going to allow any black players to play, would that would that matter? Um, you know I mean, it's a, the members can't just vote anything through it. It has to be legal, doesn't it? It, it does. can't be discriminatory and. Things like that, and if that can be argued that this is discriminatory on restraint of trade, then 
like I say, I, I don't know. Like I say, hopefully this isn't the end of it because I just don't see this as being the right way to go when proper enforcement of the of the existing salary protocol is surely the best way to do things. Let's just bring this up um, at Joe Fairs there on Twitter. Um, an utter joke that poxy little League One clubs have been able to stop clubs spending money that they get in through the door. What's the point? 45 likes on, on that one, Joe. I'm sure there's been more since I... Um, was, was that your initial grumpy reaction or do you stand by those words? Um, yeah, no, I, I stand by them because... <laughs> Both. <laughs> my, my life has missed football since March because of the coronavirus pandemic. All these clubs voted to not play football. These, these are football clubs who voted to not play football. Ipswich have voted to play football not being not being allowed to, even though clubs have played in the playoffs despite not wanting to play football. The season's been put back. We now can't spend money that the club has worked hard on getting. Like I say, we've got 9,000 people signed up for a season ticket already when they don't even know if there's going to be a season. 9,000 people signed up for it. And it's just, I don't know, it's just another slap in the face for a club that has come down to this level, been accused of being arrogant, even though we just, tried to get on with it we took we sold out every away end we had nearly all season spent hundreds of thousands of pounds in bars no, we've, and we've embraced it Joe. around the club embraced it and like because these clubs don't want to spend don't want us to spend our money then like i say we, we've been sticklers for financial fair play we followed the rules for years and years we followed the rules when nobody else was following them but yet the rules are now changing and they're just making it so it's so unbenefit for the first time in a decade. We're actually big hitters in the league and we're not allowed to spend the money. We just have to sit there and count it instead. What would you think a um, Shrewsbury fan or an AFC Wimbledon fan, if they listened to this podcast, um, what do you think their reaction would be to two Ipswich fans being crossed that they can only spend 2.5 million on wages? Um, I'd imagine arrogant Ipswich fans think that they <laughs> think they think they're too big for this division, blah de blah. But the reality is, we are too big for this division. It's as proven by the fact that we can spend the wages and not run into difficulties. We do run a academy that costs more to run than some clubs' total revenue is. We do sell out every way, and we do have an average attendance of twenty thousand fans. Yeah, we've our football has got us into this place, and and we deserve to be in it on those sides. But the reality, we're not we're not a third tier club. Well said, well said indeed. Um, so look, that is our reaction here. League One and League Two salary caps passed today, voted in uh, by the members clubs of League One and League Two. Um, from what the PFA is saying, um, this might not be the end of it. Um, Joe, final thoughts before. Um, before we hang up the call, just just hugely frustrating, really, that we've but sort of the, we've been relegated twice in twenty years, and it seems to be the absolute worst time <laughs> relegated since we dropped into the championship without parachute payments. ITV Digital collapsed, and all three teams that came down ended up in administration. This time, the only difference is this time we did have a chance to get out of it before the the sky fell in, and we screwed that up massively last season, and now the effectively the sky falls in and we will probably spend 17 years in this league like we spent 17 years in the championship. But if, like I say, it, 
there's so many teams now that are going to look at this and it is now or never really for Ipswich, for Sunderland, for Portsmouth. If you don't get out of this division this this season, you, you could be in for a long, long, hard slog. And when you look at us, we're shambles at times and we're not going to be the ones that take the chance. We never do. Oh, goodness me. Um, so there is our advert for the new season of podcasts there. Um, the beginning of um, year two of 17 in... League One, but um, in all seriousness, big, big news um, happening today. And as always, uh, we invite your um, thoughts at Blue Monday ITFC. Um, you can tweet me at Benjamin Bloom and at Joe, at Joe Fairs. Just give him a give him a wide berth today. He's, um, he's, he's, a, bit, he's a bit cross. Um, the I podcast should have, will... Should have, the, should have put the blinds up. We've got like oh, Adam yeah. Ant going on. I was going to say Ultimate Warrior, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the podcast will be back. Um, well, as I say, we've hastily convened an emergency pod. Do you know when the fixtures come out, Joe? I, I there, there isn't a date announced for the fixtures yet. I think all of a sudden they're just going to drop one random Wednesday afternoon about eight minutes past 12. Out of the out of the sky. So, um, look, we'll be back, we'll be here for our sixth season, and hopefully, uh, like Joe says, in this it's now or never um, moment. We'll try and take advantage of um, salary caps or, or what, but um, uncertain times, please get your um, get your views in at Blue Monday ITFC. Um, as, as ever, um, don't let your emotions cloud your reasonings. There are facts and figures um, about this, but they do all seem to be rather against um, a club of Ipswich, Sunderland, Pompey, Oxford size in League One. Um, but maybe they're for the other 10 or 20 um, clubs that um, they might advantage. Um, Joe, any any last words? Um, no, I'm done. <laughs> He's done. Um, thank you, everybody, for watching. As ever, you can listen on Acast itunes or you can watch um over here on youtube um have a good thing salary caps introduced today remember the day what day is it like august the 7th remember the day um hopefully it won't be another dagger in the back of our glorious football club thank you everybody for watching and listening get involved on twitter in the debate and we will see you very soon be careful what you wish for Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.